Hi there, Terry here with another episode of the Animation Industry Podcast. In this episode, I'm chatting with a fellow student of mine who is working on her animation skills at Sheridan College and is also in the early stages of developing an indie game, which we're going to chat all about. So if you're thinking of getting into the indie game scene and don't know where to start, or you're just starting out, this episode is for you. So I'm chatting with the amazingly talented Jess Stilwell, who will cover how she got started in indie game development, some really great software tools for beginners, how she's making her game stand out, and how she's developing her game mechanics. But first, I also have a sponsored message to share with you, and it comes from my friends over at Bloop Animation, which is an animation learning platform packed with premium online video courses for aspiring animation filmmakers. So they have courses for all major animation programs like Maya, Animate CC, Toon Boom, Blender, TV Paint, and many others, as well as some non-software courses like a storyboarding course, Animation Foundations course, and even one about making graphic novels, which covers absolutely everything you need to know from start to finish. And all their courses are in video form, so there's no deadlines or application process. You simply just pick a course and start learning in seconds. And they even offer a free ebook titled Making an Animated Short, which covers their entire process step-by-step of how they made one of their films from coming up with the idea to storyboarding, animation, and all the way to exporting the film. And you can get that book for free at bloopanimation.com slash animation industry. And you can check out their complete course library at bloopanimation.com slash courses. And both those links are in the description of this podcast. So please check that out. Now let's jump right into the chat. So Jess, thanks for coming on the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Um, I'm super excited about this. Um, oh, nice. I'm super passionate about the indie game scene. Um, it's something that I'm really happy to be able to work on. Um, and I also want to be able to tell people that it's something that you can start pretty easily. Like people feel like you can't have personal projects on the side, like when you have so much work, but it's easier than a lot of people think. Yeah. I mean, something that I thought before I started going to Sheridan and everything was like, I have to devote a hundred percent of my time to become successful when in reality you can like start the ball rolling and very small ways in your spare time, yeah. which is what I did and ended up where I am now. So yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited to chat about this because like you're in the process of kind of developing your own indie games. Um, and you have like a lot of good knowledge on like where to start and like what kind of apps there are and like the challenges and all this other stuff. Plus you, you're kind of like, I mean, you're at Sheridan college, which is like having a full-time job and a half too. So you yeah. have a lot of experience <laughs> with managing those things. So, um, so I mentioned you're at Sheridan College with me, uh, but I think it'd be interesting to know why indie game development? Like, where did that start for you? What interested you in that in the first place? Um, well, I've, I've always been a, I've been a Nintendo kid forever. <laughs> I've always loved like, games. Like, wh what was the first Nintendo you had? Um, always, always the Game Boy. I was a big Kirby kid. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Um, but I eventually started realizing there are a lot of games that, maybe people don't know about or don't get advertised because they're very small or just kind of hidden. Um, and I started playing indie games. Like I played Yumi Nikki and I played Off and I played a bunch of games from developers that maybe people haven't heard of. And it kind of made me realize that you can start it on your own. Like Off is a pretty well-known RPG maker game and it's made in just probably the most basic RPG Maker software there is. Um, 
And now that I'm actually in animation, it's kind of a blessing because indie games are booming right now. Um, Basically, everyone wants indie games on their consoles. There are studios like Yacht Club Games and Team Cherry that are doing amazing with like Hollow Knight and Shovel Knight. So what was the what was like the turning point for you becoming a fan of video games to actually saying, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to pursue this because I think. A lot of people want to, but they don't know where to start. So I'm wondering for you, was there like a revelation you had? Like what caused you to say, I'm going to take this on for myself? I think um, I think seeing games specifically made in RPG Maker was what made me realize that it wouldn't be as hard as it looks. So, but but does that mean you were doing research behind how the games are developed that you figured yeah. that out? Because I play video games, but I don't, I've never looked into how they're made or whatever, so. Yeah, it's, um, I think it started um, in about 2014 when I started working on a project that I have called Null and Void. Um, When I started playing indie games like Off, I realized that they're so much more focused on the story being told and the characters than the actual gameplay of it. Um, And that's kind of what I want to do. I'm kind of taking an indirect approach to storytelling by focusing more on the animation in a game than the actual gameplay in it. Gotcha. Which kind of helps because it's very little coding, but still makes a really interesting interactive story. So do you have everything kind of planned out? So you mentioned Null and Void. That's one of your that's one of your games that you're working on. Do you have everything planned out in your mind? Is this on paper? Do you have like stages set and everything? Like how do you progress, I guess, through this? I um I have Um, bits and pieces of script written down. Um, I've probably saved every drawing I've done for this project in like a big box, um, which I think is important to do. But it's a project that I know that I'm going to have to wait on because I'm a big believer that really, really good big projects are never made with one person. You know, you need, you can't be in an echo chamber. You have to get feedback. Um, But being able to have these like personal projects that you can really devote a lot of time to on the side, like it's important to get feedback on them, but like being able to have a story that's like totally yours that you're, while you're working on like pursuing animation or pursuing whatever you're working on is really important. Cause you can't lose track of like your own personal projects and only focus on like outside work. So so maybe uh, can you give me an overview of where you're at currently with the games you're developing? Like if you were to take a snapshot, what's the stage they're at? Like what have you created assets for them? Like all this stuff. Um, right now, um, my biggest focus is Peachy, which is um, the first game that I'm trying to make an RPG maker. Um, right now, I'm basically creating the assets in order to put them into RPG maker, which is background art, animations, Um, pixel art, all of the buildings, props. Um, The great thing about RPG Maker is that it supports animated cutscenes, which is what I really want to do. But it's also so easy to use that developers will use RPG Maker MV to test assets for other programs. Um, So Peachy right now is my big focus. It's something that I'll be able to start on like within this next semester. So you, you didn't have any prior like coding knowledge or anything like that. So basically anybody can just jump into RPG Maker and start playing around and come out with like a little tiny game or like a yeah, full-fledged absolutely. game. Like, 
So what, um, is, what is Peachy going to be about? So Peachy is really fun. Um, I'm taking a lot of inspiration from games like old RPGs like Earthbound. It's basically just like a fun, colorful romp, just like me figuring out RPG Maker, me making something that's enjoyable and playable with like fun characters and stuff. Um, I'm actually really excited about the actual gameplay aspect of it because I won't disclose exactly what I'm doing, but I'm basically changing the genre of a game from RPG Maker comes with the kind of battle game aspect that you'd see in like Final Fantasy or Pokemon. Yeah. But just by like changing the dialogue and the visuals, you can change the genre completely. Okay. <laughs> so I'm excited for that. It's going to be really fun. <laughs> nice. So why? Okay. So let me ask you this: Why didn't you just go into game design? Why are you in animation then? Um, the thing is, is that I'm so much more interested in telling stories through character than I am telling stories through gameplay. Um, and I think that character animation can really carry a game. Like you yeah. see. You see games like, say, like Hollow Knight and Cuphead are fantastic games that are really focused on the gameplay, but so much of them is also the characters and the backgrounds and like the animation. Um, and really, like, I feel like I'll get such a better toolkit from learning storytelling and animation for what I want to do specifically than if I went into game design. Interesting. So you're less about, I guess, coding and mechanics and more about storytelling. Yeah, definitely. So so this sounds like kind of part of a big master plan of yours. So back in 2014, you're like, hey, I want to take this on. You started fiddling around with like RPG Maker, maybe learning some coding or something like that. And then you're like, I need to go to school for animation. So what is the what is the plan here? Like you're going to because Sheridan's a four year degree. And then in the meantime, you're working on these these indie games. So in the next, I guess you're in second year right now. So in two more years, where where is everything going to be at? So <clears throat> I want to have Peachy done or almost done by the time I'm actually done with the degree. Um, the best thing, one of the best things that I found with being in an animation course is that there are so many people that you can get feedback from. Yeah. Like, I have people that I'm like, I want to test my game. I have people giving me feedback on story and characters and animation. It's such a wonderful thing to be part of a community of artists that can kind of be constantly giving you feedback. Um, I would say that my plan for the long run, even outside of those four years, um, I want to get Peachy done. And once I have that done, I have um, two other projects that, I'm working on that I want to get done before Null and Void. Um, two other games that I've considered maybe kickstarting. Um, that's really popular with indie games right now. Um, I figure once I have a game that's out and like fully fledged and playable, I have a better chance of being able to like crowdfund or kickstart. Totally. Um, I hope I hope that people that become like fans of your game come back to this podcast and like, oh my gosh, this is before Peachy was ever made. <laughs> I really, I really like what you said about the feedback thing and like being surrounded by creative people too. That's like one of the biggest reasons why I decided to go to share to myself because like I like stop motion and I like animation and like writing and stuff and all of those things or like almost every creative endeavor is very lonely, I guess. Like you do it by yourself for a long period of time. But at Sheridan, you're surrounded by like tons of creative people all day and like I've I wonder if this actually kind of pairs for you in game development, because for me in animation, like 
I'll watch somebody else's process and be like, I would have never thought of that or see somebody else do something with the same like uh, project rules in a totally different way. And it's like this really nice back and forth just being surrounded by other people. Do you get that with developing your game too? Because like it's kind of indirectly related. So when we're working on animation projects, it doesn't exactly tie into creating like a story in a game, you know what I mean? So are you bouncing ideas off all the time or like getting inspiration from other people in those types of ways too? Absolutely. I think I think that games and animation aren't too different as far as like the storytelling aspect and like getting feedback from people. Um, I'm constantly getting feedback from people. And I think I mentioned earlier that I think that it's impossible for a really good project to be made alone because I'll be talking to someone about a project and they'll say one thing that fixes something I've tried to fix for years and it was the first thing that they thought of. Yeah, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, where do you want to end up with this? Because uh, like, so you graduated, you've got this, you've got Peachy under your belt. Do you want to be like a video game design director? I don't even know what the position's called. And then like have a team that you work with? Like what what is your goal for your role in game development at the end of the day? Yeah, um, I definitely want to direct. Um, if I could direct the art and the story, it's that's really my goal. I want to um, establish a team before I make Null and Void because I really think that will be what I need in order to make that project happen. Yeah. Um, I really want that one project to be a game where it has the same amount of love and effort put into it as like an animated movie. That's like, that's my goal statement for now. Oh my more. goodness. So a budget of uh, 500 million. <laughs> and <laughs> is, can you think of an example of a game right now that that would have the same love as a fully animated movie? Um, I would say the two that I, um, the two that come to mind are Cuphead and Hollow Knight. Yeah. Um, I've got my Cuphead cup on my desk. <laughs> <laughs> but they're they're very gameplay oriented, but if you look into them, they are so much love and effort was put into specifically the art of those games. Oh yeah. And something that I find really interesting about games is that you'd think that they would need the same budget as an animated movie, but when an animated movie takes like an hour fifteen hour fifty minutes to an hour, like for a game literally sometimes you will spend days <laughs> on one level that's really hard and it really makes like the story aspect of it seem really like actually arduous oh yeah you kind of feel the stakes because it's so much more personal than something that you just watch oh totally so it's it's a very unique medium for storytelling and i appreciate that about it <laughs> so are you involved in like there's there's like a indie game dev scene like on facebook there's groups on twitter there's like chats um, there's like forums and stuff. Are you pretty involved in those places? I want to be. I um, As far as getting into the indie game scene, I'm pretty much a beginner. Yeah. Um, but once I get started on Peachy, I'm really excited because I, I want to share the development because it's not a huge project. It's very casual, but um, I want to get feedback online. I want to get feedback from friends. I would love to be more part of that scene. Yeah. I guess Peachy is kind of my way of proving myself. <laughs> so where do you, you also said you wanted to like pick up a team for Null and Void. Where do you think you'll find those people? Um, 
I may find some people along the way. I found some people at Sheridan, so many people at Sheridan are so insanely talented. <laughs> like, um, I think it'll happen along the way and I think I'll develop what I need in order to make that happen. Like as I go along, I think what a lot of people struggle with is starting projects. Mm -hmm. Like what if it's not good enough right at the start, you know? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, that's like a big, how do you overcome that? How did you overcome that yourself? Um, I think starting small is the key <laughs> that maybe so a lot of people was, don't want to do. <laughs> what was the small thing you started with? Um, I start, I'm starting with peachy, which is something that requires very little coding. Gotcha. Um, cause, cause I was thinking like maybe cause you mentioned you have like drawings and stuff. So maybe that's like something super small to start with, but you're saying start with, don't start with like your thesis, start with, um, like a very small conceptualized project instead. Absolutely. Like, um, go for something that's not too risky at first. Um, if you're scared, you know, like it's no big deal. Um, not putting all your eggs in one basket by like starting on something that you absolutely know that you can do and building your way up from there is a way to where you can make sure that you're pursuing personal projects, but staying safe at the same time. Gotcha. So how, so your way of staying safe, I guess, is going to Sheridan for a degree, working on this small project on the side. And then eventually getting into the scene and, and meeting some people for your bigger projects and stuff, I guess. Yeah, definitely. So, okay. So let me ask you this. Sheridan's pretty intense. Like I said, it's like a job and a half. How are you pushing uh, your indie game projects on the side forward when you also have like this other big commitment? Yeah. Um, I've seen a lot of people at Sheridan struggle with personal work. Like, mm -hmm. I have absolutely no time for personal work. Like, I'm miserable because I can't work on the stuff that I love. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but I, I, I realized this actually recently, and I found a good way to put it. Um, it's more important to remember kind of why you're there. Mm -hmm. And it's better to fall a little bit behind and catch up than forget why you're doing animation in the first place. Right. So. Having personal projects on the side, I would say, is like absolutely crucial. You can't devote 100% of your energy to assignments or else you'll die. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really important to me to be able to have stuff that I'm working on that I'm passionate about. Um, a way that I found um, to kind of compromise is implementing your personal projects into your assignments. Hmm. So if you want to do an animation test for your characters before you start on a project, you have an animation assignment where you need some character designs, just pop those character designs right in. <laughs> right. And I think I've seen you use character design class to design some of your your characters from your game too, right? Null and Void, I've seen them a bunch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cool. Um, so, well, okay. So it sounds like you are constantly thinking about your game and everything and you've done research. Um, can you run down what you think are the aspects of creating a successful small game? Because like you said, Peachy is not the hugest project. So does that mean it's going to be playable really fast or it's not going to get a lot of attention? Like, like what do you, what are the, I guess I'm asking, what is the formula to create a successful game no matter what size it is, right? Mm -hmm. I, um, it's interesting. I think recently um, Toby Fox kind of proved with, um, Undertale and Deltarune that 
people are interested in games with good characters. Like so much of those games are focused so heavily on the characters in the story rather than the gameplay. Like the gameplay yeah. supplements it, but it's very, very based on storytelling. Okay. Um, I think as long as you have um, a story that you feel is interesting and characters that you feel are appealing um, and you find a way to make it unique, like mm -hmm. I'm putting a little twist on the basic RPG gameplay for Peachy, um, which I feel will make it a little more engaging. Um, but as so, long as you're making a game that you feel like you're interested in and you would want to play, um, yeah. I feel like there will be people that feel the same way. Okay, so you're, you're kind of banking on, like, this is, you've played a bunch of games, this is something that you've realized is, uh, you know, a desirable aspect in games and things that you enjoy. So you are creating the game, I guess, for yourself, and then hoping that your own interests are the same interests as many other people who will enjoy it as well? Yeah. Are you I... putting, are you doing anything in the game where you're like, oh, so-and-so will like this, or I think these type of people will like this, versus, like, I super like this? Yeah, I um, I think I'm specifically making a game that will appeal to people that like the same kinds of games that I do. Yeah. Like RPGs with really quirky dialogue and fun characters and like lots of extra stuff that you can do. Like games that kind of are accessible to new players, but also have the feeling that people that played a lot of old games want, you know? <laughs> Yeah, like the nostalgia. Do you, what, okay, so you mentioned character development a bunch of times, but like what makes a good character, um, like what does that mean, character development? I think that um, having a good variation of your characters, I think you kind of know instinctually when you have a good character. Um, yeah. Like people will tell you, you know, when you, when you have a character that interests people. Um, which is why I think getting feedback on your character designs and like their personalities um, helps a lot. Drawing them a lot in like drawing them in comics, drawing them in like making illustrations helps. Like barely any of my characters were developed like on the spot. Like I want to make this specific character. Um, a lot of times you have to take a concept that's very bare bones and let it develop as you let the project develop. Are you willing to reveal how you did that with Peachy? Right at this stage? Uh, yeah, so um, I, I started thinking um, it would be such a fun game where like the fun like aesthetic of uh, possum and a raccoon um, collecting trash and going on this bizarre earthbound adventure, but like with a cooking mama aspect. Yeah. Um, just like having these characters that are really zany. Um, Peach Pit and Cashmink are very simple as characters, as like the main characters of Peachy. Um, but essentially they are just the simple protagonist characters that you need. <laughs> so do they have, they have arcs and like, do they have all that classic storytelling stuff? Like yeah, backstory, um, like hero, they they are sent on a mission, they have to learn stuff, become the be their best selves, like all that stuff. <laughs> I think Peachy's less that and more more of a casual story because it's short. Yeah. Um, developing an arc of a character is something that's really satisfying, though. Um, but definitely not something that you can't 
like get right away when you sit down you know it a lot of times character development requires a lot of like just like toying with it which is another reason feedback is important so uh what are some things that you do other than feedback to toy with the character like um in writing in like stories i guess uh something i've heard a lot of people do is they like throw their character in a stressful situation and just see how they react Mm -hmm. I think um, picking a prompt and seeing how your character acts with the prompt in writing is very helpful. Um, that okay, so, so uh, your two characters, the possum raccoon, are walking down the street and they stumble <laughs> upon uh, some really smelly trash and there's a lock on the trash can. How, what do they do now? Go! <laughs> uh, Peach would just chew through the lock. She's a wild animal. Chew through the lock. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, the, the the Peach and Cashbank are very fun because they're um very contrasting characters, one being um absolutely wild and one being more calm. Um I think another thing that really helps you make good characters is having good contrast between them. Okay, yeah. Okay. That's well that's good. So Peach chews through the lock and then they eat the trash. What happens next? I don't know. <laughs> Um, okay, well, maybe we're getting sidetracked. Um, you mentioned a couple things before about like how you wanted to, um, you know, start a Kickstarter and things, and that can be helpful. How are you going to market this game once it comes out? Because like right now, not too many people know about your indie game development. Um, mind you, you still have a couple of years until it's done, which I think is a mm-hmm. long time to, you know, build a slow following or whatnot. But what is your plan? And and the other sorry I, I guess I'm got I have two thoughts here. The first one is like at the beginning you mentioned you stumbled across a lot of games that a lot of people hadn't heard of. Um, were there interesting ways that you found those games that you are going to use in your own marketing, or do you have your own plan for marketing this game yourself? Um, I think the game having um, like actual animation aspects in it is helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of ways that I found games. Um, in the past, like I saw the trailer for Omo Cat's um, indie game that still. The game plans, the actual animation of the trailer. Um, I think the animation is going to be something that's more appealing than just saying, hey, I'm making a game. It's like having the animation is kind of proof that's like, hey, I'm willing to put the work in to like make something that's entertaining. So you think people will see. So you're going to publish the animation like on a Twitter or something, and then you think people will see that and be like, wow, this is really like quality stuff. I'm excited to play this. Yeah, I mean, um, I want to share some of the assets that I make as I go, because like I said, it's probably going to be it's a very low like stress production, pretty much. Right. right. Um, I want to so- share the development as I go. And I think when you share the development of your game, it kind of hypes people up. Like yes. not releasing the trailer when it comes out, but re- releasing little things like along the years. Well, I follow I follow a couple game developers and they post things like, here are some of the costumes your character can wear. And I'm like, this looks really cool. And I haven't seen anything of the actual gameplay, but I'm like invested in like wearing a nice hat or like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so getting think, people invested in your story and your characters like early is so important yeah. because people may have not seen any gameplay of your game yet and they're already interested in it. So what is, um, 
like you said, this is a low risk project, but what does success look like for you? Once um, you watch it? I think like working in the in- animation industry at first is very appealing to me. Obviously, I, I, I know that I won't be able to start out like as a career making indie games um, because it is really something that you need to be able to build into. But um, being able to make my passion projects basically is my goal. Like, mm-hmm. um, it's less about like, I guess I would say monetary success for me than being able to like tell the stories that I want to tell. Nice. So you'll be um, homeless telling stories. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's like one of my fears. It's like, I love, I love doing animation a lot, but uh, at some point I'm going to need to figure out how to monetize it. Otherwise I'll just become homeless. <laughs> yeah. It's a good thing that um, I think the, the animation industry is there for people that are willing to put in the work. Um, and then you've got your passion projects on the side. I think that's, it's, it's not as scary, I think, as maybe animation school makes its theme. <laughs> You're not working on 10 different projects that all require the same amount of effort. <laughs> oh my gosh, right. I, I feel like we do that to ourselves though. Like there's, yeah. it's like, uh, I wouldn't even think it's competition. It's like healthy competition in like the least competitive way. Just, you know, yeah. you want to be doing your best no matter what, everything. Uh, which is it's an interesting place to be so yeah um so you mentioned like you you don't mind kind of doing the animation thing and you've been doing this on the side how much time have you actually devoted like on a weekly basis to developing this like so you plan to have a full small game at the end of four years how much time will you need to spend on that um, I'm going to start spending more time this semester and this summer because I'm really I'm really getting into the gears of actually importing the assets into RPG Maker, um, testing the actual like gameplay of it. Um, I the amount of time that I spend on my stories is just insurmountable, even though I haven't even put the assets in yet. <laughs> oh my gosh! I I devote as much time as I possibly can to personal work, like. It's not always easy to find the time, but it's important to me. Um, I'm always toying with characters, like figuring out bits of stories that I haven't figured out yet, um, testing assets even if I don't have like them yeah. in the program yet, um, like little fiddling things that will help me like once I start putting things into RPG Maker. So this all sounds like fun. Are there like downsides to game development? Um, I think the downside is that, like, number one, what you said, like, how is it, how are you sure that it's going to be successful? Um, it's a very populated um, field right now. Um, and also, it is not something that's necessarily super easy to go at on your own once you get to the actual, like, coding aspect of it. Um, but there are so many assets that you can find online. There are endless online tutorials for RPG Maker, um, endless tutorials on how to make pixel assets. There are so many free um, game design software that you can make um, games on that aren't RPG Maker, like Adventure Game Studio, um, you can make point and click games on, and Stencil you can make mobile games on, and they're both completely free. Um, So it's both very easy, but very daunting. (laughs) Is RPG Maker free too? RPG Maker is not free, gotcha, um, gotcha. but there are similar um, programs that are free. Like, so um, it sounds like you've spent a lot of time like um, in the story, the character development, creating assets. What are like 
but you haven't done too much of the coding aspects. Is that like a big, uh, is that like a nitty gritty thing that's going to take a lot of time to do? Um, I don't think so. RPG Maker itself is, um, as a program, is very easy to use. Yeah. Um, while I'm working on Peachy, I plan to start learning um, the coding language C Sharp. Um, because by the time I'm finished with Peachy, I want to be able to get on another project that I kind of have to do more coding myself. Yeah. So, how does it How does it make you feel when you're just working on this? Like, are you just and you're just in the zone? Like, what is that feeling you get that really keeps you going? Because for me, in stop motion, you spend hours just like moving things very tiny by tiny, and people are like, "Oh my gosh, you must have such patience!" But I'm like, actually, enjoy this, you know, like. Yeah. In my own imagination the whole time. Like I love touching stuff that I created. Uh, for you, what is that feeling? I um I think I think I kind of have a similar thing where people say I'm patient, but really I love developing characters. I love fiddling with game programs and I love animation. I can spend an entire day animating one thing and not realize that I spent the entire day on it. Yeah. <laughs> um I think I'm, I really, really like the stories that I have and I like the characters that I'm working on um, enough that even the hard gritty work is rewarding because I know it's taking steps further to having the finished project that I want. So what is that hard gritty work for you? The hard gritty work I would say is um, every game program is going to have bugs and like obstructions that keep you from moving on. Sometimes you will get something that's so game breaking that you need to fix it before you can do anything else. Um, like something as simple as um, when I was making a test game in Adventure Game Studio, which is the point and click game. Um, simply something as simple as getting your character to walk correctly <laughs> sometimes can be difficult. Um, especially when you're doing something that's very based in animation where you have to actually draw the frames. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, even though it, some things may be a struggle, it's still like working towards the passion project that you want to make. Were there any kind of surprising hurdles that you come across that you didn't expect, I guess? Maybe like think about someone who is interested in developing games but doesn't really know what it takes, right? Um, I would say that getting started isn't so hard. I think that getting started is what a lot of people need to do. Yeah. Um, but creating a story from start to finish, especially one that works in a game, um, having a game be the right length is something that's very challenging because it's very different from making an animated film because you need to predict what the player is going to do and how long certain things are going to take them to complete to gauge how long you want the story to be. Um, which is something that maybe people may not think about coming from not making games. Uh, let me ask you this. So when I was younger, I made some text-based adventure games and I had a ton of fun making them, but nobody actually played them. So I don't know if they were actually fun. So how do you kind of deal with that? You know, you're having a lot of fun making a game, but how do you know it's actually just as much or more fun for somebody to actually experience playing that game once it's done? Mm-hmm. I am. Um... I think you're never really gonna know at first while you're making it. Um, it's it's difficult to tell when something that you've been staring at for years um, 
looks the same to you as it does to other people, um, which is why it's important to get feedback literally every step of the way, whether it's just getting feedback on your characters and your assets um, to actually making a beta of the game for people to try before you sink in the hours and hours of work into your project. Like, right. you're so, never going to be able to tell by yourself. So you mentioned before that you have some kind of friends at Sheridan and whatnot to that test your game. Are you also thinking of doing a beta, which a lot of people do, where it's like just get feedback from anyone and everyone? Yeah, um, I, would, I would be really interested in doing a beta for Peachy. Um, I think that's probably the first thing that I'm going to do when I start importing the assets that I've made. Um, probably test how the animation works, um, like in tandem with the gameplay. Um, I'm planning on just making like, for lack of a better term, like a test room, yeah, um, where you can test out all of the gameplay mechanics in one space, um, try out dialogue, see how the characters move around, interact with each other. Um, just kind of have like a very mini game that's completely fully fleshed out and playable so that you can kind of not get any surprises like further down the pipeline and have something for people to play. So you'll kind of be like, hey guys, I made a small room. Don't consider this like a giant game. It's just like, are you having fun talking and interacting and executing yeah. simple gameplay type of thing? Yeah, is anything breaking horribly that keeps you from playing the game? You so know? They're also get, you're also going to ask them to bug test it too, I guess. Absolutely, yeah. Like it's it's better to bug test something small than find a bug in something you've finished, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, but do you also have like um, a fear of getting if you do a beta? Like, what happens if you get random people who may not be actually interested in the game giving you like really, uh, I guess, strong feedback? Um, I think the stronger feedback, the better. <laughs> like the stronger feedback you get, the better your end product. Say, say you get like some like kid who's like I don't know, he's just mess, he's being a troll or whatever on your game, and he's like, I'm gonna test out this game, and he gives you like all this crazy feedback, and maybe it makes sense, but maybe it's not right for the game. Like, how are you gonna judge whose feedback is more important? I guess. I think I think considering everyone's feedback is important. Um, I don't think limiting yourself to only accepting feedback from one type of person will make like a successful project. Because even if you're taking feedback from people that may not understand the medium or may not be interested in the medium, you're still going to make your game more accessible to everyone. Um, even when you're trying to keep that base idea of the game how you want it to be, um, I don't think it's smart to discount feedback from anyone because critique at the end of the day is what's going to make your game enjoyable. So you're not too worried about only getting critique from the kind of target market that you've envisioned for this game. You're getting critique from everybody to ensure that it's like the best well-rounded game and then keeping your vision strong throughout for the people who are going to enjoy it, I guess. Yeah. Is there, um, this, I just thought of this. So at Sheridan, like, um, in our fourth year, I guess third and fourth year, you do uh, a thesis film, third year, with, it's with a group, and they're like professor mentors who help you with the story and the directing and all that stuff. Are you going to be seeking that kind of feedback from the professors who are mentoring your projects in your video games, or are you gonna do a separate um, like film completely separate of, of this goal of yours? Hmm, I am. Um, that's, that's really interesting. I, I never considered asking the film mentors for like help on my personal projects. Yeah. Um, 
I, I would like the, the thesis films, I feel. I want the projects that I complete while at Sheridan to be kind of closed off from my own like personal projects. Um, I like using um, assignments as like ways to like develop characters and test character animation, but um, I kind of feel like the projects that you do at Sheridan are kind of like it it's a good feeling to have them be like shared in specific. Like this is what I worked on while I was there. Um, But getting feedback from the professors, like specifically the film mentors is like a really good idea. So, okay. um, This, I also thought of this. So what's preventing you from saying like, screw Sheridan, screw all my other commitments. Uh, You know, instead of coming out with peachy in two years and waiting all that time to learn how to make a game to move on to the next thing. Why not just, go full-time develop peachy and then come out with it like in a couple of months get all that learning immediately and then move on um i think just the learning that i've gotten at sheridan um practically everything in my art whether it's like the story aspect the character designs um the animation itself my overall like line confidence um just skill in every aspect of art and animation has improved exponentially since I've been at Sheridan. Um, I feel like while I'm there, I'm preparing myself and building up my skill in order to be more confident making the projects that I want to make. Um, instead of saying, I'm going to pour everything into this project to get it done, instead of taking my time on it and really letting myself like realize, like, is this the best thing for my story? I'm going to learn by learning story. Is this the best animation I could do? I'm going to learn along the way by like improving my animation. So I guess by the end, you'll be a very well-rounded um, storyteller, animator, and like game uh, developer, director type of person, I guess, right? That's the hope. <laughs> so would you say this is kind of like the safest bet that you're pursuing as well? Um, I think it's different for everyone. Yeah. Um, I feel good in it, like going to Sheridan while I'm working on this feels safe because I'm given a community of artists I can get feedback from. Um, I'm given a really arduous like assignment schedule that keeps me improving all the time. Um, and I am finding my own way to work on my personal projects through all of that. For me, I think it is a safe bet and I feel like comfortable working on my personal projects like kind of along the way rather than focusing completely on them I guess for me that's something else that I I like that you said that because that's something that I've learned too it's like I have these aspirations but if I don't feel comfortable in what I'm doing it kind of like the stress and anxiety makes it kind of all fall apart and I'm not sure what direction I'm going in and like it just feels too anxious so like having having that like structure and knowing in the back of the mind that is is kind of like the safe bet that I'm pursuing for myself. It it makes me feel a lot more comfortable and confident in what I'm doing too. So yeah, yeah. I think I think it's about because there are a lot of people who just um, you know they feel comfortable and confident doing things on their own uh, and not going to school. And I know that I'm not one of those type of people. Otherwise, <laughs> I wouldn't be going to school. So yeah, I think it's like you said, it's about kind of your own path and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. Can you just run down, I know you mentioned there are free apps and stuff. Can you just run down all the ones that you are aware of or that you've used and what they're good for, I guess? Yeah. um, So the first one that I tried out is Stencil, which is so easy. Um, The coding is essentially drag and drop. Um, 
it is more for like mobile games. Like you can make a very simple platformer. Um, it's good for kind of putting a character into a game and just making something playable very fast. You can make something playable in a day in stencil. Um, um, there's also um, Adventure Game Studio, which is very fun. Um, it's specifically for point-and-click adventure games. Um, there's actually this really fantastic game, um, fully animated, that came out from a CalArts student, um, Anatola Howard, um, called Maggie's Apartment. It's fantastic. It's so much more based in the visuals than the gameplay because the... I wouldn't say it's necessarily a primitive software, but it's extremely simple. Uh, I'm, I just looked it up right now, and it does not look like a video game at all. Yeah, it it's looks like an illustration. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful, but like, oh. it's it's really, really like interesting approach to a game because it's a it's a really like malleable medium where you can make like a bunch of different like genres. Uh, so when you so you are envisioning like your games are going to be two D based and uh, they're going to be like highly visual and storytelling and artistic and stuff like that, right? Yeah. More cool. um, based in the visuals necessarily than the gameplay at first. So I guess I know we've talked talked a lot about like just starting is like a very important thing to do if you want to get into this, but. What is your best advice for somebody who, you know, is not quite at the stage that you are, but they're either looking into starting or they're kind of early stages? Like, what's your best advice for them to keep going and discover um, how to get over the hurdles they're facing, I guess, with indie game development? Mm -hmm. I think um, I think some of my best advice would be to um, you're going to want to make your favorite project first, but um, I think it's really important to start small. Not in the sense that you're giving up on your bigger passion projects, but making something safe and making something playable at first to kind of figure out whether you feel it's right for you um, rather than pouring time and money or just like assets into making something for a really long time that you're not satisfied with. Um, I think a lot of people don't realize how accessible making independent games is. Um, there are tutorials upon tutorials online that make learning RPG Maker so easy, making Stencil easy, making Adventure Game Studio easy, um, that will help you with like the gradual rank up in difficulty from starting to actually getting into like coding something um, more complicated. Um, and most importantly, I think, is don't give up on those big passion projects that you feel like you can't start yet. Yeah. Because my biggest project, Null and Void, I have been working on for over five years. It's completely different now than it was when I started. Um, and it wasn't good when I started. <laughs> but when you have an idea that you really like, I feel like that's really important to hold on to it. Because when you're passionate about an idea, um, it will get better if you give it the time and the effort. Um, but having something that you're passionate about, I feel is the most important thing because when you're passionate about it, that's really what's going to drive you to like okay. make it a complete project. For you, what is feeding that passion? I mean, five years is a long time to work on something in like early stage development. So what's, what's feeding you? Yeah, I just, um, I'm really passionate about characters and story, um, which is 
essentially the reason why I went into animation rather than going into a game design program. Because telling a story through character animation, I feel, is what I want to do. Um, when you have a story and characters that you feel you want to hold on to, it's, like, invaluable. Um, yeah. I think if you if you find yourself in that position where you have characters or a story that you're really passionate about and you really like, like, hold on to those, like, no matter the cost. Like, keep working on your personal projects while you're working on school or while you're working at your job. Um, because they can become something really special if you like hold on to them and let them develop and give them time. Nice, nice. Um, is there anything you wanted to share that we didn't talk about at this point? Um, we, no, we... I, I was I was really excited to talk about my projects. Um, I love sharing about these projects um, along the way. Um, I'm really excited to start like sharing assets for Peachy and like more like in-depth stuff. Um, hopefully soon. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. And so am I. I'm going to see firsthand now because I just know you in real life. <laughs> yeah, test my game for me. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, done. <laughs> get, get it to me tomorrow and I will before school starts <laughs> up. <laughs> um, well, uh, so um, you said you are excited to start sharing stuff. Do you have any idea when that's going to happen? Um, I'm going to start importing my assets and working more in depth on the animation um, coming this new semester, but especially over this next summer. Yeah. Um, this next summer before my third year is really going to be where I'm cracking down on Peachy, really hopefully maybe getting um, a big chunk of that beta stage done. Um, like just, are you going to work on it full time in the summer? Yeah, essentially. So you're not you're not going to try to get a job or anything. You're just like peachy full time. Uh, I may try to get a job, but like my my biggest artistic um, project over the summer is going to be all peachy. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, if uh, well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, and and uh, it's been great to hear all about your endeavors and in indie game development. And um, yeah, and if you're listening. And you'd like to follow Jess and Peachy or get in touch with her or watch her uh, put out all those wonderful progress assets and everything, you can follow her on Instagram, uh, which is rnagler. And I'll include this, that link in the description of this podcast. And that is all for now. Thank you so much for listening. Okay, bye.